Hello everyone, I'm Becca, dietitian by trade, mom 24-7, wife from the start, and when there's a few extra hours in the day, you might find me hitting the trails or on horseback. And I'm Kara, a therapist to women, a mom to a boy, an entrepreneur, mountain junkie, and a postpartum runner. And this is Fit for a Queen, a podcast that's devoted to the female athlete wanting to balance the teeter-totter of all the things we desire out of life as women. Performance, health, intellect, and taking time for self, even if we only get one minute out of the day. We're so excited to be bringing you the queens in the athletic world who have done just that. Okay, ladies, take a seat at your thrones, grab your crowns, and welcome to Fit for a Queen. Welcome back, Queens. We have a really special guest. I'm so honored to have her on today, Dr. Anita Johnson. She is a psychologist, storyteller, and author of Eating in the Light of the Moon, How Women Can Transform Their Relationships with Food Through Myth, Metaphor, and Storytelling, which has been published in six languages and still is one of the top bestsellers. What year did you publish that book? 19, I wrote uh, 1996. 1996. Originally. Wow. Right. Still one of my favorites. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's still used in treatment facilities. That should say a lot yes, about how powerful it is. Um, she's been working in the field of eating difficulties and body image distress for over 35 years and is currently the clinical director of IPONO. I hope I said that right. Hawaii, mm-hmm. which has a residential treatment program in Maui and outpatient eating disorder programs in Honolulu and the big island of Hawaii. She's the co-creator of the Light of the Moon Cafe, an interactive e-course, women's circle, and online workbook for eating in the light of the moon. Dr. Johnston provides virtual individual consultations and conducts workshops around the world. She's best known for integrating metaphor and storytelling into her training as a clinical psychologist to explain the complex issues that underlie struggles with eating, exercise, and body image. You can find her at drjohnston.com and lightofthemooncafe.com or contact her at Nita at dranitajohnston.com. Dr. Johnston, thanks so much for being on. We're happy to have you. I'm happy to be here. My pleasure. (laughs) And we'll share in our show notes, she has a special guest for our Fit Queens that um, you get a free gift link. So we'll be sure to have everybody check that out. Mm -hmm. So first off, I would love for you to share kind of how you came about with this creation of Eating in the Light of the Moon. You know, as I was driving here, getting ready for these interviews, I was thinking like, how did our bodies as women evolve from a a point where when women were voluptuous, that was considered plentiful, like they had the resources to nourish their body and honor their health, Mm -hmm. to now the celebration of control and um, thin idea. And your book does such a great job of kind of putting it in that poetic wisdom. Can you kind of share how you evolved to create that? Well, I, you know, I, it, it all started because I was curious, too. These are the exact same questions I was asking myself way back when and, and honestly continue to ask myself because it's still a mystery to be solved. Uh, but, but I have some ideas about it. And one of the things that I've noticed is that uh, as a culture, um, we have overvalued certain concepts and undervalued others. For example, um, as a culture, we value being logical and and linear and goal and achievement oriented, <laughs> mm-hmm. right? Yes. Over 
over our emotions or our intuitions or our instincts. And in, in many cultures and in the Jungian tradition, these two different ways of being are, are called the masculine and the feminine. And it's not gender-oriented. In the Jungian tradition, they use those terms because these, these are aspects of all of us, uh, regardless if we're male, female, or whatever gender we identify as. They show up in all of us as a, as a duality. Um, we all have a part of ourselves that is logical and uh, achievement-oriented and goal-oriented. And then we also have a part of ourselves that values being in the moment and um, aesthetics and um, being rather than doing, right? Mm -hmm. But as a culture... The masculine principle has been overvalued, right? And the feminine principle undervalued. Mm -hmm. So then when you look at, okay, so then how does that affect those that are in the body uh, of a female? Mm -hmm. Well, what happens is then we internalize these ideas. And so then we try to, to treat our bodies that way, right? It's like how you know, it's like it, you're never strong enough or never fast enough or how many of these rather than really appreciating the experience of being strong, right? right. Of, of the experience of, of the wind blowing through your hair when you're running rather than how far you ran. And so um, not that, not that, you know, either side is right or either side is wrong. It's really a matter of balance. Mm -hmm. And because our culture is out of balance, what, what that means is most of us are out of balance. Mm -hmm. And it gets played out with, with control and eating and food in, in that way. Oh, absolutely. Think about like, you know, as mothers specifically, we're uh -huh. not allowed to share our emotions or say we're anxious, yeah. but yet then we value that mama bear instinct. At like that exactly. point, that gets celebrated, but mm -hmm. we're not allowed to exactly. have the grace day to day when it's not yeah. heroic. Yeah. Well, yeah, that emotions are considered weak, right? Mm -hmm. Where did that come from? I mean, I think there's nothing stronger than allowing yourself to have a good cry, right? It's like, <laughs> you, you know, Therapeutic. that's helpful. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Or, or that our intuitions mean that we're crazy or that we shouldn't listen to our instincts. So we're taught to move our bodies when we're tired and, and um, or not to um, eat when we're hungry or we're, we're taught to keep eating when we're not. I mean, we're taught to disregard our in instincts as well. And so these are three primary components of the feminine principle, which is emotions, instincts, and intuitions. Mm -hmm. and, and the feminine principle is also about relations, mm -hmm. the, not just relationships, but the connection between all things. Um, so, so you can see, you know, what can happen with all of that. Let's say if you've internalized from the culture that you're not supposed to feel your feelings mm -hmm. and you're not supposed to listen to your body, um, you're supposed to just follow the rules and be a good girl or do what you're supposed to do or don't, you know, reveal certain mm, things that maybe you, you feel like, oh, I feel like something's wrong, but I don't know what's wrong. I better keep my mouth shut because people think I'm crazy. <laughs> so so what happens in, in my experience, because I've been working in this field for so long, is all of this gets expressed through eating and food behaviors. Because mm -hmm. mm -hmm. our culture celebrates that that is okay to control. You know, you exactly. can focus on that. 
-hmm. Exactly. And the reality is, it's like we're taught to control our feelings. You can't control feelings any more than you can swim up a mountain. Uh, emotions are energy in motion. They are, they are designed, it is their nature to flow through us. But we're not taught this. So what happens is we have to think we got to control them in some way so then we might try to stuff them with food or my or we might try to run from them with exercise addiction or you know do something to try to stop it and we never can because it's not possible so we're not taught how to ride the waves of emotion that flow mm -hmm. through us we're not taught that yeah you can feel some things um some very uncomfortable things very intensely but they will pass Mm -hmm. um, uh, so I, I like to use the analogy of uh, menstrual cramps, for example, because um, uh, uh, we know two things about menstrual cramps, right? Well, well, we know they can they can really hurt for mm -hmm. some people, but we know two things, and that is they will pass, mm -hmm. and no and no damage is being done, right? Mm -hmm. Right. You, you know, uh, it, and so if you can apply that to other experiences of pain emotion painful emotions and understand they will pass and no damage is done the emotions don't cause any damage it's the suppression mm. or inappropriate expression of the emotions that can cause damage mm -hmm. to relationships or whatever but not the emotions themselves mm -hmm. oh that's fantastic yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. We kind of just let our toddlers have their temper tantrums and then just right. get over it. And we know it's right. going to pass, yeah. you know, and mm -hmm. and we'll go, okay, we know what, you know, this is, this, and we don't even take it personally. Mm -hmm. yeah, now, of course, a toddler, <laughs> yeah. a toddler, you know, um, you have to you know, keep the toddler from hurting others when they're having their temper tantrum, <laughs> right? You can't safe, right? Yeah, and, yeah uh -huh. hurting themselves or others. But, but uh, beyond that, just watch how that feeling I mean, I mean you see this so much in kids one minute they're enraged and the next minute everything's fine mm -hmm. they're laughing away <laughs> so so they know how to let the feelings flow through them yeah. but as we get older and older we start um being conditioned not to and again you know <laughs> we don't want to be throwing ourselves on the floor in the in the um, department store because we can't have that beautiful dress that we want mm, right i mean you know <laughs> we understand that but that doesn't mean that you can't experience and express your disappointment or your mm -hmm. frustration or whatever mm -hmm. um and when we when we think that we have to control our emotions what happens is we, we we turn to trying to control food. That gives us the illusion that we're in control. And that's all it is, is an illusion. Mm -hmm. Where did you come about with such a storytelling voice? Do you have a background in like writing or anything? Well, actually, um, no. I am uh, Chamorro, which are the indigenous people of Guam. Mm -hmm. So I grew up on the island of Guam, and I lived there until I was a junior in college. And um, it's a, a very multicultural, multi-ethnic family and community that I grew up in. And a lot of uh, things were taught through storytelling. Mm -hmm. And so I didn't even really realize this uh, until then when I was raising my two daughters. They're now grown. But when they were younger, they went to Waldorf schools. And everything in Waldorf schools is taught in story form. So they would come home with, with stories about, oh, today we learned about Prince Division and Prince Multiplication. 
And I went, oh, how clever is that? Mm-hmm. You know, I think I might have, I <laughs> yeah, might have might known my time. Well, mm-hmm. I might even know my times tables if I had learned them that way, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. And so I, I, when I, at the same time, I was, um, had a private practice working with uh, women with eating disorders. And I started realizing how um, stories were being used to teach some very complex concepts. And so since, you know, eating disorders, they're, they're complicated. I thought, oh, this could be a way that I could help explain things uh, in a way that could be understood. And so it, it, so in part, it came natural to me because I kind of grew up that way. But then um, I started recognizing how stories could be intentional, how there were um, healing stories. And, and now, um, now we have the neuroscience that tells us exactly what's going on in the brain when we are understanding the metaphoric language of the stories is, and, and, and we get an insight from them. And what happens really is there's a little part of your brain right above your right ear. It, it's called the anterior superior temporal gyrus. And when you have that aha moment that comes from like the stories or the metaphors, um, it shoots off a blast of gamma waves, which is the highest electrical frequency in the brain. And it actually creates new neural pathways between things that previously had seemed unrelated. Mm. Isn't that cool? Neuro nerd out. Love it. (laughs) (laughs) So that's what happened in my brain when you were talking about the menstrual cycle and using that as a metaphor. You have a new pathway. Uh Uh And and, and so what I used to call that, you know, before I knew the neuroscience behind it, uh, I called it the lights going off in someone's eyes because I could actually, it looked like a light coming on. And so so now I realize, oh, that's like the flash of energy in the anterior superior temporal gyrus. <laughs> <laughs> but but it. what happens is that, I mean, honestly, you know, recovering from an eating disorder, or disordered eating, or diet mentality, um, or body image distress, what, whatever it is, it can be really hard work. And, and um, especially because you're dealing with uncomfortable, even painful emotions. And so what I found is that any way that you can bring light to the matter, whether in terms of illumination, where you can see things more clearly, or in terms of levity, um, which is when things lighten up, uh, and feel lighter, that that's a good thing. And so I started working with metaphor um, to help people understand these these connections that weren't very clear in the beginning, but also um, because it, it, it could actually make the recovery process fun. Mm-hmm. And and because uh, it takes you to a place of understanding um the deeper meaning behind the struggle. And when you can get to the meaning, go, Oh, no wonder, Mm -hmm. no wonder I can't stop eating those chips or no wonder, you know, um, it's very freeing Mm -hmm. um, because it it takes the place of what often is the fundamental belief that, oh, there's something wrong with me. Mm -hmm. There must be something wrong with me. I know I should know better. And and all these, you know, kind of mean things we say to each other, uh, uh, to to ourselves, uh, not to each other, to to ourselves. and then if you can if you can get to that place of aha it's like it's a very different experience mm-hmm. so right. i can share with you and your listeners a little bit about how to do this so they can do it for themselves yes yes please, please. Yeah. okay okay so you have to use your imagination a little bit 
Um, but imagine that you have two tanks, and we're going to call them tank A and tank B. And tank A is the tank you fill when you need physical nourishment, and you fill it with food. Tank B is the tank you fill when you need emotional or spiritual nourishment, and you fill it with things like attention or affection or appreciation or acknowledgement or meditation or prayer and so on, right? These are all non-visible, non-physical things. But what happens for many of us is we get it all confused, and we think there's just one tank, so before we know it, tank A is full and overflowing and we're still hungry. Or we don't even want to get near tank A because it seems like the bottomless pit. Mm -hmm. And so what has to happen is you have to tease the two tanks apart. And the way you do this is through intero or proprioceptive awareness, which is basically body awareness of finding your hunger and satiety cues, right? Mm -hmm. Learning um, what that feels like. and. And it's a physical sensation um, in the body, uh, a contraction or an expansion or a heaviness, a lightness, a roughness, a smoothness, a hollowness, a density, some kind of physical signal in your body that tells you you are hungry and you also have a signal that tells you when you're full. But we've been taught to disregard that for the most part. And so um, um, we think that... Um, Feeling like having pizza is a hunger signal, <laughs> and it's not because it's it's not a physical sensation. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. once a person can learn that, and uh, that's how they can tease out tank A, and so they know that if there's a physical sensation present, that's your signal that it's tank A that needs to be filled, or it's tank A that is already full. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But what happens then is that you're reaching for the pizza and you've learned how to, you know, sort this down and you check in and you go, Oh, not a hunger signal in sight, but I still want to eat that pizza. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <Right? laughs> Ever been there, right? We all know oh, this yeah. experience. <laughs> so what that means is you have just tumbled down Alice in Wonderland's rabbit hole and landed smack dab in tank B mm -hmm. and in tank B pizza is not pizza. Uh, food is not food. What is it? It's a concrete physical symbol of another kind of hunger that you're experiencing and may not even know about, right? Because mm -hmm. it's invisible, it's non-physical, it's, uh, a, a, but yet there it is. And so the question to ask yourself at that point is, we're back to the feelings. What is the feeling I might be feeling that I'm trying not to feel, right? Mm -hmm. What's right. the feeling? Because we don't eat for emotional reasons. We because we don't want to feel our emotions. You know, we want to stuff them or we want to run from them or whatever. So what might the feeling be that I'm trying not to feel? And then you do a scan of your day and you think about, oh, maybe I'm still ticked off at the jerk who cut me off on the freeway or maybe I'm worried about this upcoming parent-teacher meeting or maybe I'm concerned about something that my boss said or maybe I'm annoyed with my husband for not doing what he said he was going to do or whatever. You look, 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 look to see if there's a feeling that you're trying not to feel. But I'm here to say most of the time what's going to happen when you do that when you ask yourself, what's the feeling I'm trying not to feel? The answer is going to be, mm, I don't know. I feel <laughs> fine. Everything's okay. Right? Yep. right? Because it's hidden. It's unconscious. And, and, and Carl Jung said the unconscious really is unconscious. It, that means it's out of your awareness. So it's 
that what I find here's where the fun begins because the 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 meaning the hidden hunger is there in the food itself that you are either craving or afraid to eat but it's coded right it's it's you have to crack the code in order to find it so I'm going to give um, you um, what this code is. And again, for your readers or your listeners, um, you can you don't have to scribble this down. You can go to lightofthemooncafe.com forward slash P-H-I-T. Oh, <laughs> and and, and, and you, you, you'll get a PDF. <laughs> That, that you can download uh, uh, that will have this information, but I'm going to spell it out for you right now. So the way you crack the code, and, and everybody is different. So these are just general categories just to get you started. Go something like this. Sweet foods, and, and remember, this has to do with either wanting to eat and you're not hungry or not letting yourself eat and you are hungry. Okay, you've already ruled out tank A. So sweet foods have to do with feeling like either you're not sweet enough or there's not enough sweetness in your life. Crunchy, salty foods typically are connected to frustration and anger. Hmm. Warm foods like soups and stews are often connected to a craving for emotional warmth. Mm-hmm. Spicy foods, a fear or, or a, a, an urge for spicy foods typically has to do with uh, a desire or fear of excitement stimulation and change um and and chocolate <laughs> we know this from valentine's day right sex and romance <laughs> Ooh, <woo-hoo>. oh, <laughs> <laughs> so so i'll give you an example so i had this one client and she was struggling with bulimia and I, I said to her, I said, okay, if there were one food that you wished you could eat and and have absolutely no consequences whatsoever, what would that food be? And she said, oh, that's easy. It would be vanilla ice cream with strawberries on top. Mm. And I said, okay, now I want you to imagine I've never had vanilla ice cream with strawberries on top. And you're going to tell me what's so fabulous about it. And she said, well, it's sweet and it's smooth and it's refreshing. Well, when we took a look at what was going on in her life, her boyfriend was accusing her of not being sweet enough. Mm. Um, She'd hit a really rough patch with her parents and was really desperately wanting things to smooth out. Mm. And she was in a dead-end job in need of a refreshing change. So here we had one food, six months of therapy, right? (laughs) Um, all, All there, all there. Um, I, sometimes it's in the word. This is where the, it gets really fun. Sometimes it's in the the language itself. So I was working with this um, woman. She was a uh, um, emergency room physician, and she came rushing into our session and was really really upset with herself and and just going on. Oh, I can't even believe what I did. I'm so disgusted. I can't. I'm just can't even live with myself. I said, Well, gosh, what did you do? She goes, Well, I went to work. And when I came home. I, I fixed some chicken tenders for myself and my husband, and I ate them all before he even got home. And I can't even believe I did. I'm so disgusted. And I went, whoa, 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 let's, let's go back a bit. So, so let's see what happened. You were working, what, a 12 to 14-hour shift in the emergency room, right? And she goes, yeah, tending to all kinds of physical and emotional trauma, right? She goes, yeah. So I said, what do you think you were really hungry for? And, you know, we had worked together for some time. So she said, I needed a hug. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. And I said, yeah, you needed some TLC, some tender loving care, and instead you ate the chicken tenders. Mm-hmm. Now, because this was accurate, you know, I, I, um, boom, the lights went off in her eyes, and we laughed because something happens when you get it. It's like it's funny, and I can't really explain why. Now, what that means is she'll never be able to have chicken tenders again when she is not hungry without first checking to see if she needs a hug. Mm-hmm. So, so this is what this is how it works, um, and it and it's really kind of uh, I, I, the language is really where um, it gets to be fun. I had another client. I was doing a remote session with a young woman in London who was she was working with a, a startup company uh, and uh, a tech startup company, and she was always late for our our meetings she would I would be getting texts I'm on the train I'm almost there I'm you know coming and and so um we had a session she came rushing in her hair is like flying all over the place and <laughs> and out of breath and hair on fire and I know so she was she was so upset though because she said I you know I re- I'm so upset because I binged last night and I went oh good because that's not too long ago let's see if we can track it I said what did you binge on she was oh I hate to say this but it's usually sweet and I always put ketchup on it and I went okay so I said what was going on um before the binge and she's oh my god it was such a stressful day we we were having a crowdfunding um and if we didn't meet our deadline the company was going to fold and I went whoa Mm -hmm. yeah and so I said did you meet your deadline she goes yeah we did I said did you know it when you binged and she said no I didn't know Mm -hmm. and then she said and and I and she said um, I said, well, did you did you uh, find out later? She goes, yeah. I said, and with your company, did you then celebrate? And she goes, no. Our boss said, okay, now we had to move quickly onto the next thing. I went, oh, oh my gosh, no wonder that you always have to binge on ketchup. Yeah, <laughs> oh. always catching can up. You yeah. see? <laughs> oh my gosh. So that that's what I'm I'm saying is like you it can you can actually have fun with the discovery process. It doesn't have to be this you know crawling over glass on your bare knees mm-hmm. experience another good metaphor right uh-huh. there well really eating in the light of the moon is such a, a beautiful book and a beautiful way to learn about those aha moments so um thank you so much for being on dr johnson we love thank to you. ask our interviewees how they live out the fit philosophy in in their lives so how do you balance performance health intellect and taking time for yourself Okay, well, um, when I get up in the morning, I don't even get out of bed. I pull my laptop into bed and I um, I, I listen to a guided meditation. Mm -hmm. And then I get out of bed and I go dance. And then I check my emails. (laughs) My rule is no no emails before. So Uh that keeps things in balance for me. Yeah, love it. And a good way to start. Out your morning. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know it's going to be positive and t- maybe until you answer some emails. That's right. <laughs> right. <laughs> trying right. to control exactly. that. I'm, I'm, I'm already kind of have some sort of e- equilibrium. So if something comes in my inbox, it's not going to totally throw me. Mm-hmm. Oh. Well, thank you so much. It's always so thank calming you. to hear your voice and the stories. It's like you should do like bedtime stories. 
<laughs> well, I, at the Light of the Moon Cafe, there's a lot of audios of me telling stories. So mm-hmm. if anyone was uh-huh. interested, go to the Light of the Moon Cafe. There's lots of stories there. It's such a great <laughs> resource. And well, again, we're going to post all of that information so our listeners can get access to you and learn more. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you. This has been a pleasure. Oh, our pleasure. You have a great rest of your week. Mm-hmm. All right. You too. Mm-hmm. All right. Bye-bye. Bye, Queens. Mm-hmm. Thank you to our sponsor today, Sentimano Counseling. Sentimano Counseling is the premier perinatal mental health practice in Kansas City, treating mood disorders during pregnancy and postpartum, perinatal loss, infertility, eating, and exercise disorders. Go to Sentimano.com for further information about the practice and services. For additional information on today's topic and guests, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at FitForQueen. Hashtag fit for a queen. And don't forget to rate us on iTunes. We can't wait for you to join us next time on Fit for a Queen. Bye, queens.